Well, for Oregon, that did not go according to plan. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view post-Oregon's Pac-12 championship loss to Washington, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks. So like, comment, and rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to or watch this show. Uh, okay, well, first of all, credit to Washington. Washington played a really good football game. Michael Panics made a lot of really good throws. 100%. Oregon's got nobody to blame but themselves. Washington played a really good football game. They were torching the Oregon secondary. Those receivers are really, really good. Penix was in the zone, and Oregon comes up three points short against Washington for the third game in a row. The mathematical odds of Oregon losing all three of those games are, are just so slim. But what I said going into the game was – if Washington gets this to be a close game, it's advantage Huskies. Guess what? Close game, advantage Huskies. They have been great in close games all year. They were great situationally. Oregon, I thought, was good situationally, at least on offense they were. Fourth down conversions did not have good third down plays in the first half. We'll get to that a little bit later. But, yeah, that one stings. That's going to sting. It's going to sting for a while. I, I mean, I believed in this team. And not not to say that I don't like they just came up short. They just came up short. That team, you know, think think about it like this. In 2021, Oregon played in the Pac-12 championship game in that same stadium. Oregon did not lose a Pac-12 championship championship game that was played elsewhere. 0-2 at Allegiant Stadium. Clearly, it's not the duck spot. But in that game, Oregon got down. And never made a comeback. I think it speaks to the culture in that locker room that Oregon was down 20 to 3 and rattled off 21 consecutive points. And that they ended up losing the game by three points. I think there are a lot of other football teams. There are a lot of other Oregon teams that would have rolled over and said, well, it's just not our day. And it ended up not being Oregon's day. But that's the silver lining that I take away is that team. They just fight, and they didn't play well enough. Did not play well enough tonight to, to, to win the football game. A lot of things didn't go right, and, you know, Bonex for Heisman, that's done. Oregon of the playoff, that's done. And we're, we're just going to have to keep waiting for that one magical season that could have been a national championship or could be a national championship season. It won't be this year. And that sucks because I think this team had a lot of the pieces. You had so many experienced pieces and players. And there were a lot of things that, that made all of us think that this team was capable of getting to that level. And guess what? They are. They just didn't play to it. They did not play their best football. They played one half of absolutely horrible football. And that cost them. When you play a good team like Washington, that's going to cost you. And uh, I mean, right from the start, defense couldn't get off the field, you know, hold to a field goal in the opening drive. That was great. Offense, boom, three and out. You, you can't put the defense back on the field like that. And 
you know, it just it, it sucks for us for us as Oregon fans. It it one hundred percent sucks because how many times have the Ducks come that close? This again, that close. This is a sport, and most sports are like this, but I think college football especially, it's one that it is one with just a couple plays here and there, a couple things. I I could change, let's see, one, probably three plays. If I change three plays, Oregon's 13-0, and not Washington. But that's what it comes down to. And Washington, you got to give them full credit there. They look like they were back to being Washington. Apparently, they just get up for the Oregon game. I mean, that's the only way to put it. I mean, Washington State, five and seven. They struggled with them last week. Struggled with Arizona State. Struggled with Stanford. Struggled with Utah, who Oregon blew out. Barely beat Oregon State, who Oregon also blew out. Everything looked like Oregon was going to win the game. Everybody was picking Oregon. Josh Pate didn't think that the nine and a half point spread was big enough and, and such. And guess what? Oregon didn't play a good football game and Washington did. And that's what it came down to. And that sucks. And that's the way that the chips fall sometimes. And, and by the way, I, I was in the post game press conference and, you know, Lanning came out to speak first. And I like that guy. I, I yeah. Being 0 3 against Washington. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> I mean, that is a, uh, that is a blemish on what is otherwise a really strong resume from Dan Lanning. And I think that's an important thing to remember here as a Duck fan is don't let the sting of this loss make you feel differently about the Ducks head coach, the staff, the players, anything like that. They did not play their best football game. In no way do I think Dan Lanning, just because he's 0-3 against a really good football coach in Kalen DeBoer, do I think that Lanning is not a good enough coach or that Lanning's incapable of beating him? Eventually, he's going to have to, and we'll see what these two teams become as, as they go into the Big Ten. But I think Lanning is, is a guy that loves being Oregon's head coach, was crushed for the players. I know he's crushed on the inside as well. And, you know, Bo Nix as well. When Bo Nix was talking, he, he had a couple of long answers to some questions. That guy cares. And I'm crushed for him because he played his heart out and came up short. And he did not have his best football game. He gave Oregon, as Dan Lanning said correctly, Bo Nix gave Oregon a chance to win. And unfortunately, they just didn't. And they came up three points short. And you, you, you can talk yourself into this, that, and the other thing. You know, the penalties, the Michael Penix fumble. I didn't think that should have been overturned, but – you know, those sorts of things that you got to be able to bounce back from. And those are go either way moments. And they didn't always go Oregon's way, but the great teams were able to overcome. And Oregon's a great team. They they just were not able to play like a great team tonight. So, yeah, it's disappointing. 11-1 regular season. And the best they could have to show for it is a win in probably a New Year's Six Bowl game, which I'll watch. I'm curious to say the least as to who plays in that particular game, especially at quarterback. But, I, I mean, just for this particular moment, everything that went into this game, a chance to just erase the previous two losses to Washington, and now they feel magnified. And now it's just – now it's like a cloud. 
just hovering over the program right now. And everything else with it is good. I think the culture's good. I think the coaching's good. I think the recruiting's good. It's all there. It's all there, but there's a cloud now. And that's a cloud that Oregon hung over Washington for a really long time. And eventually they started making the right hires. And this is what Washington can be at their best. It's a championship level program. And that's what they're playing at right now. And Oregon is too. And Oregon just has not been able to get over the hump. I mean, you talk about, you know, the third and goal that Washington gets a touchdown, takes a 10 point lead. You know, I don't know if the Huskies are calling the same defense, but if you hold them to a field goal there and they go up by six, Bo Nix chance to go down, drive, win the game, a la the Holiday Bowl last year against North Carolina. I mean, a lot, a lot of different things. So that, that, that game did not go the way that Oregon wanted it to. Why did it not go that way? Well, there are a number of reasons. There are also a number of reasons why you should check out FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins, which unfortunately, Oregon did not. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on, kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Okay, so why did that go wrong? The offense was horrible in the first half until the final drive. And then it came alive, and Bo makes the big play to Tez Johnson, and Oregon goes down and punches it in and gives themselves hope, and they score. Oh, my gosh. Can we talk about that third quarter opening drive? Fourth and five, tight window throw to Troy Franklin, and he makes the play. Third and nine. Beautiful wheel route to Jordan James, fourth and goal at the two. And Will Stein, to his credit, makes an adjustment. He doesn't call a sprint out. Enough with the sprint outs. I mean, can we ban sprint outs? <laughs> like, gosh almighty. It barely worked for Terrence Ferguson. It didn't work for Oregon early in the game on third and one, which I'll get to in a moment. Washington ran a, a sprint out, and it didn't work on fourth down. Nico Reed made an awesome play. Uh, it, you know, I understand the, the idea, but man, everyone seems to know how to defend the sprint outs nowadays. So that game did not go Oregon's way. I do not put that game on the defense, though they did not play great. Jeffrey Bossa talked in the post game about how, you know, the run fits weren't quite there and he didn't feel like, uh, you know, coaches were calling the wrong plays. They just didn't go out there and execute. Oregon's inability to stop Washington from running the football was shocking. I mean, shocking. After you played an Oregon State team that is a much has a much better rushing attack than Washington and held them in check for Dylan Johnson to go off like that, Ryan Grubb, the Washington offensive coordinator, he called a masterful game in a lot of different ways. And Oregon's defense did not play their best. They got owned at the line of scrimmage, full stop. And yeah, losing Jordan Birch hurt, it should not have made that much of an impact. So Having Kyrie Jackson go in and out of the game, no Jaleel Florence. You know, Lanning played that down. I, I asked him that question. He said, ah, that'd be a cop-out for us, and we're not going with that. We have guys who play hard and make plays and whatnot. Cole Martin was on the field in critical situations. And by the way, I think Cole Martin's going to be a stud. He has not been a starter for this defense all season long for a reason. Like, Oregon was just scraping the bottom of the barrel in the depth chart there to, to try and 
you know, find an answer. And, you know, the injury certainly hurt, but Washington has some really good game plans. And I, I think that Ryan Grubb really called a masterful game. He solidified that he'll be a head coach. He'll be a head coach somewhere shortly uh, within the next couple months. And it's because he's a really good offensive coordinator and he had a great game plan. And, and Bossa talked about that as well, which was that, you know, when Oregon brought pressure, right, which is something we've seen him do all season long really successfully, whether that's Bossa blitzing, Evan Williams, Tyshin Johnson, Kyrie Jackson, Washington had a counter for it. And that was max protection. And this was a big reason that Michael Penix was able to slice and dice. So, when Oregon brought pressure, Washington just had an answer. Their offensive line played outrageously well, and they also had a great game plan to keep the back and tight end in in protection and say, we're just going to trust our receivers. And guess what? Their receivers are really, really good, and they played really, really well. So that game planning element went Washington's way, and they neutralized that. There was some pressure on Penix. It was not consistent enough. And he had too much time to make big time throws. He looked as healthy as he has, you know, since he last played the Ducks. Apparently, that's all he needs to, you know, be back to his usual form. And he was absolutely amazing. He had the bad interception. That's what he's been, you know, mostly over the last few weeks. But the OG Michael Penix that we've come to know and fear, yeah, he was back. He was back in full force and making big time NFL throws. And, and, and that's, you know, something else that caused this game to go awry defensively. Oregon has to make – Jeff Schwartz tweeted this out, and he's 100% right. Oregon either has to find a corner that can be the nickelback or find a safety that can cover. Because Oregon safeties could not cover in this game. They, they, they could not cover Washington's receivers. Every single time I'm sitting up there in the press box with my guy Max Torres – and every time Washington put a receiver in motion, it felt like that shifted a matchup to a receiver on a safety. I, I mean, Jalen McMillan beat Steve Stevens badly. Tysheem Johnson got beat several times. Evan Williams should have been beat for a walk-in touchdown early in the game, and Penix just missed the throw. I mean, McMillan, it was a great play call. They go third and five, they go out and up, and you know Evan Williams bit on it big time, and he got torched, but there was enough pressure to disrupt Penix, I think, and he missed the throw. But Oregon safeties could not cover Washington's wide receivers. That was the biggest factor in the game. I actually thought the corners did all right. You know, Dante Manning got flagged a couple of times. That was to be expected, and I did not think that uh, he had a bad game at all. I thought Dante Manning played well. Kyrie Jackson, when he was on the field, was magnificent. All night long. Nico Reed did a decent job, got beat a couple times. Why? Because he's not, you know, he's not, he's not at the top of the depth chart for a reason. And those Washington receivers are just too good in the 50-50 balls. And so when Jackson's going in and out of the game and Florence isn't there, it's it's just a tough matchup for the Ducks, clearly, because they had no answers. And, you know, Panix was fitting the ball into some tight windows, like when Justin Jacobs almost had that pass deflection and whatnot. And uh, I, I just thought that Oregon secondary was outmatched and the defensive line, you know, I, I said going into the game, if Oregon gets pressure on Michael Penix, Oregon wins. Well, they didn't have enough pressure on Michael Penix. It's got some did not get enough. It, it, it was not good enough. And you got to credit Washington's offensive line. They played really, really well. Oregon was trying to bring pressure. 
Oregon had Brandon Dorless out there and a bunch of other guys that we know can get after quarterbacks. It wasn't good enough. And Penix had time to throw, and he made some big-time, just beautiful throws that you look at and you go, tip your cap. Tip of the cap and receivers being guarded by safeties, that 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 just did not work. And, you know, the plan was to bring was to try and pressure Penix. And Washington had an answer, and that left guys on islands, and they weren't able to cover. I I, I don't hate the game plan. Pressuring Penix needed to be priority number one. They weren't able to do it successfully. And then that leaves one-on-ones. And, you know, you got to trust your guys at some point. They have to be able to go out there and make plays. And they made some. They didn't make enough. They did not make enough. And Washington's receivers are just all really, really good. And that downfield passing game just – it got them. It, it, it got them. So that's what I saw defensively. Offensively, man – couple of, I mean, that first half was a rough watch. Oregon didn't have its first first down till a minute had gone by in the second quarter. That is unacceptable. And why, you know, the defense didn't play great, but I didn't think it was horrible because they were on the field so much in the first half and they held the field goals in critical moments. And, you know, the special teams allowed a big punt return. And I, I, I thought the defense was put in some tough spots, certainly should have played better, did not play their best game, but man, the offense wasn't helping them out. I mean, you go, you're, you're on the field, right? Oregon wins the toss, they defer. I'm a defer kind of guy. And so Oregon goes, wins the toss, they defer. Washington goes on a 15 play drive in which the defense wasn't able to get off the field. A couple of the plays were too easy, but Washington's a great offense with a really good OC. So they go on a 15-play drive, and they hold to a field goal. And what does the offense do? They come on the field and go three and out in 60 seconds. You, you, you got to be able to play better complementary football there. And that brings me to the offense and Will Stein, and I think Will Stein is outstanding. He did not have a good game. Did not have a good game. Lanning, I, I think in the post-game presser, you know whether it was intentional or not, sounded like he was critical at one point in time of – instances in which Oregon could have run the football and decided not to. And the best example of that is the sprint out on third and one on Oregon's second drive. So the first drive goes three and out. And that one was on Bo. Bo should have handed the ball off on the RPO on first down. He tried to force it. That, that like He needed to hand the ball off on first down, get ahead of the sticks. And he didn't. And then, you know, could have had a hook on the Troy Franklin play. You know, it wasn't an egregious missed call, but there's definitely a hook there. It wasn't a massive one, but it was there. So Oregon goes three and out. Like, okay, not, not a good start, but that happens. To come out on the next drive and have a third and one and then try to go sprint out because you're expecting man coverage, but you get zone, so it takes it away. You only have one option. You had two options on the play. But if you're in zone coverage, which Washington was, it's really easy to take away. It's really easy to take away. It's like it's third and one. You got to be able to hand the ball off to Bucky Irving or Jordan James and get a yard. You you, you got to be able to hand the ball off and get a yard. And I, I just that play call. If you ask Will Stein about it, I hope he'd say, "Yeah, I'd like to have that one back." Should have handed the ball off. That was a turning point in the game because that put the defense for the second time right back onto the field, and they started getting tired. And, and that was. That was not not a great sequence for the Ducks. I need a sip of water. One sec. 
So just a horrible start. And Washington secondary played very well, by the way. I mean, they played as well as I have seen them play all season. They were flying around. They were making open field tackles. They were in great coverage positions. They, they, they were really good. I mean, really, really good. And then at the line of scrimmage, Oregon's offensive line, which is up for the Joe Moore Award, showed why they are not going to win that award. They, they got manhandled. There was not a lot of running room for Bucky Irving and Jordan James. Eventually, they opened up some lanes, but Oregon got outgained on the ground by Washington in this one. I, I just that 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 should not happen. That is not what Washington does philosophically, and that's a testament to I think the defense being a little bit tired because the offense couldn't sustain drives early on, and and also the run game. There was not a commitment to it like I thought there would be, given Washington's struggles defending Oregon's ground game in each of the previous two meetings, I am really surprised that the Ducks came out and were trying to just throw the ball all over the place. Now, Washington's pass defense is not good statistically. They were good tonight, but they have not been good this season statistically. So I'm not saying don't throw the football, but look at the way that Oregon's offense ran the football last couple of meetings, which brings me to Bucky. Irving. I love Bucky. He's been awesome this year. He's got a unique style. He, he is a tough, physical, hard-nosed runner. That was his worst game as a duck, and I don't know that it is close. I think it was even worse than his game last week against Oregon State, in which he had just 14 carries for 43 yards. So I talked about this with Bucky Irving recently, and it was in regards to his style of running, what Bucky Irving doesn't do, which Jordan James was doing, is taking what is actually there. What Buck, what makes Bucky Irving special is he can make something out of nothing. And when he does that, it is unlike any other running back Oregon has ever had. The problem is that I think teams have watched film on him and understood that he has a tendency to get into open space and then stop his momentum. He has, he has a tendency to want to put his foot in the ground really, really hard and basically come to a standstill, and teams have, have caught up on that. I think it was evident, evident against Oregon State, and it was evident again against Washington, who tackled really well. But there were times where Bucky Irving, in particular on the drive where Oregon punted early in the fourth quarter, handoff Bucky Irving, play is designed to go to the right, he decides almost before he takes the handoff, he's going to try and cut it back to the left. That runs him right into a defensive lineman. If you watch where that play is designed to go, there's a gaping hole for 10 to 15 yards. And, and he just was not seeing the field correctly. Vision is an underrated component of being an effective running back. And Bucky's vision tonight was way off. He was not seeing the holes. Jordan James was. And once Oregon came out in the second half and, you know, got something going on the ground, they didn't really stick with it because they were trailing in the game and they had to make sure that they were, you know, making enough explosive plays and whatnot. But, you know, Jordan James had the touchdown and, and Jordan James had a big reception on third nine. That was that was probably Bo's best throw of the night uh, other than the Treshawn Holden touchdown. That was a seed as well. I I was – Really frustrated as an Oregon fan watching Bucky Irving play. He's such a great player, 
and he was not playing well, and they kept going back to him. It felt like Bucky Irving and his inability to just get downhill and be a one-cut kind of guy, his just stubborn persistence to be a four- or five-cut kind of guy was really costing the Ducks offense on the ground tonight. That's the way that it looked to me. And every time Jordan James was out there, it felt like they were making a big play. He had the big passing play. Bucky Irving dropped one uh, on on a slant route, a ball that he definitely should have caught. And then he, he just, every time he ran, he would just stop and try to make, like, it's like he didn't give the play a chance. Bucky's style is so great because when there's nothing there, he can make something of it. But when there is something there, he needs to learn take it and he just refused all the time whether it was swing passes or runs between the tackle he just refused to take what was there and where the play was designed to go and that was a frustrating thing to watch and Jordan James was doing it and I mean I I I said at halftime I went up to to Cameron Derby of KEZI and I said man I think you got to just go with Jordan James and then Jordan James comes out and he makes a big play on the ground and then they go right back to Bucky Irving and I'm like play the hot hand that's what the running back position is. That's why you want two or three guys back there so you can play the hot hand. And Jordan James had the hot hand. And, and Bucky Irving, it's a weird thing to say because he's been so good this year and so awesome and so consistent. He felt like he was a liability for Oregon's offense. And that's one of many things that cost the Ducks offensively in this game. I, I think not establishing the run in the early going, and it was nice to Oregon, see Oregon convert you know, third and fourth downs. Uh, the third downs early were terrible, but convert fourth downs against Washington. Hey, turns out it's possible if you don't call a sprint out. Um, that T-Ferg touchdown. T-Ferg, oh my gosh. Is that guy great or what? I've been in the T-Ferg fan club. I might have been head of the T-Ferg fan club for, for quite a while. Uh, um, yeah, that guy's good. That guy's really, really good. So that's that's what I felt went wrong. Uh, you know, just not getting to the ground game enough early and not establishing that and keeping that balance, I think put Oregon in a lot of obvious passing situations. The offensive line also when they did run the ball, and I think they just didn't get in a good rhythm with it because it was such a passing centric offense early in the game. It's like, it's not an air raid offense. I don't really know what, what what's going on there. But when they did run the football, a lot of times there was nowhere to go because the offensive line didn't have a good game. They've been great all year. They were not good tonight. They were not good. Bo Nix was not sacked, I don't believe. They did great in pass protection. They were not good running the football. It felt like the Texas Tech game, and yeah, that uh, that that sucks. And uh, defensively, I think I covered you know mostly everything for from an instant reaction standpoint. Um, not enough pressure on Penix consistently, and safeties can't cover receivers. That's your ball game. So, so what does Oregon do now? Well. The Ducks will play in a big time bowl game. I know people don't care about it. And, you know, when you're this close to getting to the playoff and a chance to play for a national championship, yeah, uh, that it, it, it makes it hard to get excited about a, a bowl game. You know, what I'll say is how many days a year do you have the opportunity to wake up and watch Oregon football on TV or in person? Now, the answer this year is going to be 14. So I'm going to enjoy that as, as best I can. And 
I still feel really good ending with optimism today on what is, you know, a negative vibe overall. I still feel really good about Dan Lanning. I still feel really good about the state of the program. And yeah, this, this sucks, but let me ask you this question for all the negative feelings that, that we're all feeling right now in a big, big way. Does anybody feel like this is the last time Oregon's going to have a chance to play for a national championship until, you know, six, seven years down the line? Cause I don't, I don't feel that way whatsoever. I feel like this is a team that in the 12 team playoff is going to contend. Like I, I see enough of the underlying um, basics. That's not the word I'm looking at. Foundation. I see enough of a foundation, even in what is going to be a deep and competitive big 10 for Oregon to compete for a playoff spot year in and year out. That's what I expect the program to be. That's what I think it can be. And I still feel good about where they're going in that regard. It just sucks that, you know, there isn't going to be another game that directly affects Oregon's chances of getting to a national championship uh, for about 10 months. So, or nine months, one, yeah, nine. I can't do math. Uh, Yeah. So for about, for about nine months. So, you know, we're not fully in off-season mode. There'll still be a big bowl game. Could be fun if if, if we're playing Ohio State. A little Big Ten preview there. Uh, if Ty Thompson's a starting quarterback, we'll just have to have to wait and see. But I feel good about the future of the program. I really, really do. It's It just sucks because this team could have done something special, and they didn't play their best game tonight, and that sucks. Credit to Washington. We'll leave it there. Appreciate you listening. I'll see you next time. Have a wonderful rest of your day and go Ducks.